Do your kids want more Mystery Kids episodes? Are you sick of the same ones playing every single day? Well, we have the perfect place for you. Head over to become a Patreon today. For $5 a month, you'll get two more bonus episodes, plus episodes that are already in Patreon. Episodes like The Deepest Hole on Earth, The Great Emu War in Australia of 1932, The Bombing of Hawaii's Volcano, The Dancing Plague, The Ohio Grassman, and some animal fact episodes about the pangolin, the ai the axolotl, and the taipan, plus much, much more. This makes a wonderful birthday present for your kids and gives you way more to talk about as a family, which is the whole point of the Mystery Kids podcast. So for $5 a month, you can get two more bonus episodes plus all the past episodes. To become a patron, go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com backslash Mystery Kids Pod and sign up today. Thank you so much for your support. On this episode of the Mystery Kids Podcast. December 26, 2004, a large earthquake hits the middle of the Indian Ocean. A large tsunami is created, and it devastates the islands close to it. Welcome to Mystery Kids Podcast. December 26, 2004. Edie, her mother, her sister, and her boyfriend had all traveled to Thailand to spend some time on the gorgeous coast there. That beautiful morning would end up being a horrific day. Who knew that such a gorgeous morning could lead to such an ending? But they decided to go kayaking that morning. They'd gone along a beautiful ridge, and as they had stopped at a gorgeous spot to take photos, they looked out onto the edge of the ocean and saw a strange ridge, which they realized was a wave. There was no escape. The wave hit Edie at such force that she was knocked into the cliff wall. She eventually could see her mother and her sister and her boyfriend, but again, she was taken under the water. When she arose back up again, she couldn't see them anymore. Finally, the water swept away and she was able to take the time to climb up the rock wall, preparing herself that she would probably be the only one alive. As she climbed to the top of the cliff, she found her boyfriend. He was alive, but they didn't find her mother or her sister. Later, her mother's body would be found, but her sister would never be found. She was one of the many missing. So this whole event started with a massive earthquake. It was in the middle of the Indian Ocean and the epicenter, so the middle of the earthquake, was off the coast of Sumatra, Indonesia. It was an undersea mega thrust earthquake that registered at a magnitude of 9.1 to 9.3 on the Richter scale. That is a massive earthquake. The largest earthquake that we have on the Richter scale is a 10. So that is huge. In Utah, we had one back in March and it was a 5.7 and it still shook us up and was able to reach a large um, a part of Utah. So I can't even imagine how large this 9.1 to 9.3 earthquake was. So what happened was there's this earthquake 
and the faults or the plates that cover the whole world shifted. That's that's what creates an earthquake. And when it shifted, it made the water submerge and start creating a tsunami, which is a huge, large wave. If you remember in the first episode, I recorded about the lake that had a tsunami created by an earthquake because of a mudslide and a shift in the plate there um, up in Montana. This one was very different because this was completely under sea, under the ocean. So these waves By the time it got inland, so inland means on the shore where it was actually hitting the um, sides of the island, it was 100 feet high. That is incredible. It is so high. So this is the third largest earthquake that had ever been recorded. And it had the longest duration or longest amount of time that it lasted. And it lasted between eight and 10 minutes. It also caused the whole planet Earth to vibrate as much as 0.4 inches. It also triggered earthquakes as far away as Alaska. So if you look on a map of where the Indian Ocean is compared to Alaska, it simulated or, or triggered earthquakes to start in Alaska as well. The areas around the Indian coast were hit the hardest, obviously, because they're right along the Indian Ocean. Uh, The tsunamis killed an estimated 227,898 people in 14 countries, making it one of the deadliest natural disasters in recorded history. And I think that's the thing that got me when I ended up researching this years ago and learning about this was the amount of people that had lost their lives. Yes, I knew that there was a a large tsunami and an earthquake, but I had no idea on that that count, that amount of people. Um, and, And that's not even including those that had survived and their lives completely changed forever. Um, It's just absolutely heartbreaking and devastating. After the earthquake occurred, it hit the northern tip of Sumatra in just 20 minutes. So a 100-foot wave rolling mountain of water came and instantly hit that area, and they had no warning, no idea that this was coming. Um, And then it traveled to Thailand. Um, and even though there was a little bit of a time delay there, everyone was completely caught unaware. They weren't sure what was happening. And an hour later on the opposite side of the Indian Ocean, um, there were actually tourists and people in the area that were kind of surprised because what happens when there's a tsunami is the water pulls away from the shore. So all of a sudden the water got lower and lower. So think about like when you're in a bathtub and you start moving the water back and forth and how one side gets really low on water while the other side gets really high in water. Well, what was happening was the water was all pulling out to kind of build this large wave. And so the tourists and the people were like, what is going on? This is so weird. And so they're kind of walking and playing around on all this dry area that was now left. And then that's when they saw this tsunami wall coming at them. And so they, they tried to run away from it. Um, it's, 
it caught. That's the thing I think that surprises me is how much they were just caught unaware. There was nothing, no system in place to warn the next areas that this is coming and to get people away from the ocean to get them to high ground as fast as they could. When the earthquake occurred, it lasted for a long period of time and then it released as much pent-up power as several thousand atomic bombs. It's just a crazy amount of power. And in the process, it made the ocean floor move up 130 feet. So the effect was like dropping the world's largest pebble into the Indian Ocean, like when you throw a rock into the water, but the ripples were the size of mountains and they went out in all directions, just in a full circle, just getting bigger and bigger. And when we kind of think about a tsunami, we usually think of like the water kind of white and breaking on the end, like a normal wave. But um, this man, he when he saw it, he said, it's a wave, but the from the observer standpoint, you wouldn't recognize it as a wave. It's more like the ocean turns into a white water river and it floods everything in its path. And once you're caught in those waters, if the currents don't pull you under, then all the debris that comes will finish the job. So the chances of surviving a large tsunami like this are extremely low unless you get to high land. So this man, his name is Titov. He talks about, he's a specialist in tsunamis and he talks about, um, he says in earthquakes, a certain number of people die, but there are many more that are injured and it's completely reversed with tsunamis. There's almost no injuries because it's such a difficult disaster to survive. So the tsunami was so large that it even traveled all the way to Africa. And if you think about it, if you take out a map and you kind of look at it, Indonesia all the way to Africa as a long distance. And in fact, even one person lost their life on the coast of Africa who was swimming and got caught up in the current. So it affected over 14 countries in that area. I can't even imagine such a devastating events. So when a tsunami comes ashore and it's waves, it's kind of pushes the water through, especially through like these cities and towns, it literally was strong enough that it could break cement. And what would happen is it would come inward and it would pick up everything. So it would pick up uh, cars, it would pick up people if they were in the way, it, it, whatever is in a tsunami's way, it will pick up and take with it. And so not only is the water like getting hit with a rock. Now you also have debris and things floating in the water that you have to be careful of as well. And so people were trying to swim or get out of the water, or there are so many people that climbed up like palm trees or got to the very top of buildings. So the wave would come through and then the water would kind of recede and go back to the ocean. It would kind of leave all this debris, but the wave actually would come back a couple times. There's multiple waves. So it's like the same as that rock analogy where you throw a rock in the water and it makes the ripples, the wave would come back. So there'd be multiple waves. Um, in some areas they had up to six tsunami waves come and just, continue to wreak havoc on the areas and they would go 
far into land. So it wasn't just on the coast where the beach was. It would reach as far as it could into land and then take out everything back to back to the ocean with it. Now let's talk about some of the heroes from this story, because if you look hard enough in every hard story, you will find a hero. So the first hero I want to talk about, her name is Tilly Smith. She was a 10-year-old girl when the tsunami hit. So in her first fifth grade class, she was learning about tsunamis. And one of the indicators of a tsunami is that the tide abnormally recedes. So the tide goes into the ocean, like I talked about earlier. So while she was on vacation in Thailand, she saw this happen. And she saw it as a warning that a tsunami was about to come. So Tilly told her parents, who warned the resort that they were at, and Tilly was able to save hundreds of lives by warning people to go to higher ground. She won various awards for her actions. And it just goes to show that it doesn't matter your age, you can be a hero. So always keep that in mind. One of the first families I heard about was this family that was on vacation, um, the Bellins family. They were on vacation together. It was um, a wife and her husband and their three sons, and they were from Spain. And Maria, the, the wife, was a doctor. When the tsunami hit, the Maria was lounging on the resort with her son while her husband was in the pool with their other two children. And the massive wave hurled Maria against a tree and other debris. She was underwater for three minutes until she clung to a tree for life. Um, when she came back up, her family wasn't to be found anywhere. And in a matter of minutes, she finally saw one of her sons um, and she was able to grab onto him. So the next few hours, they were able to kind of walk around and try to find higher ground while the other waves of tsunamis came um, she saw so many people that were injured and she began to give and treat and care for others that were injured, even though she was, um, she had a deep cut on her leg and her chest. She still decided to take that time to heal other people. Um, and as she was healing and taking care of others, um, the local people of Thailand wanted to repay her for her kindness and her love and decided to try and find as best they could to re reunite her family with her. And with a bunch of people on her side and determination, they were actually able to find her husband and her two other sons that they, that entire family had survived. Um, it's such a beautiful story and such a miracle, especially in the darkness of everything, that this is a beautiful story, that there is hope in sadness. So since 2004, we've learned a lot. And now forecasters, like earthquake forecasters, use data from DART buoys. So DART is D-A-R-T. And buoys are things that are floating in the ocean. So these are the first line of defense in the deep ocean. After the seismometers on the bottom sense a quake, these buoys are able to detect pressure changes, which signal a tsunami. There were none before 2004, and now there are 60, mostly dotted around the Pacific Rim, which is where most of the earthquakes occur. Three successfully detected the 2011 Japanese tsunami. So these buoys currently, they accurately forecast what's going to happen within an hour of receiving the data. So it still takes them about an hour. But in the future, they'll be able to cut that time down to just 15 minutes. So 
the first wave of the tsunami hit within 20 minutes. So even five minutes to give a warning or even to the other, to be able to talk to those other places that it didn't get to them till like an hour or two or three hours to be able to have a warning system in place to now protect people is what came out of this. That's a beautiful thing. And we were able to grow and learn so much that now we can protect from this event happening again. So there's been some beautiful things that came out of this tragedy, including new technology so that this event will never happen again. They're the unsung heroes, the people that gave their lives so that other would live, others would live, and also those that were able to help and save others during this time of crisis. There is so much beauty to be found if we look for it and good people to be found. This event was tragic and needs to be remembered because not only was it a strange event on our planet, but it was also a crucial event for those that had to live through it. Porter's Ponderings. What do you think of a tsunami? What does a tsunami do? How was this Boxing Day, Christmas Day, tsunami started? Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Mystery Kids Podcast. If you could please give us a five-star rating wherever you're listening to this podcast or take a screenshot and share it on your stories, we'd greatly appreciate it. We'd love for more kids to be listening to this podcast episode. If you also want to take a look at our website, mysterykidspodcast.com, that's where you will find the coloring page, which we have for each episode. And we also have resources for books that go more into depth on these different events. Um, we also have pictures that are always kid-friendly, and we usually have activities. So go give our website a look, mysterykidspodcast.com. Thanks for listening.